the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisory Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor. Member FINRA slash SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Why, yes, indeed it is. Peace and salutations. You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, and here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning. Good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I am doing very well. I am. I don't think I could be doing much better. I'm just so wonderful. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I always like to hear your intro. You know, you never know what's gonna. You never know what's gonna come when I ask you how you're doing today. So yeah, that's yeah. And I'm like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. You know. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Again, I'd like to listen. Uh, welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C. Baltimore area, and our listeners across the nation, border to border and coast to coast, on Sirius XM channel fam, uh, Family One Thirty One Family Talk as well as our viewers on LarryRosenthal.tv. That's right. You can go to LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube and check it out. You can see the show being streamed live uh, from the different studios, I should say, around the country. How's that sound, Chris, Mm -hmm. Uh, with everything? So, you know, live call-in talk show here, biblically-based financial planning talk show, if you will. Uh, any questions at all? I always look forward to Saturday, Chris, because it's you know it's open mic Saturday. Any questions? Any subject matter? Uh, just give us a ring eight five five rose one two three eight five five seven six seven three one two three. With any questions at all on your retirement plans, your four hundred one ks, real estate, mortgages, taxes, estate planning, insurance, the stock market, the economy, whatever's on your mind eight five five rose one two three. This past week. We added 943,000 new jobs, Chris, which is a huge number as far as uh, unemployment tracking down. The unemployment rate actually declined to 5.4%, you know, which is wonderful. That's great news. But in a sense, aren't we just reemploying people that were in old jobs to begin with? Possibly. That's one of the debates that's coming up right now is, you know, how strong is the job market? But it's I think it's pretty strong. Actually, we're starting to see wages tick up slightly, which is good news. 
uh, we're seeing many, many more job openings versus people not taking them. So, so the economy is in need of workers, which is very, very good. So people are getting reemployed, okay, uh, which is awesome. It's kind of hard on companies, though, because they can't seem to find enough employees these days. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I've seen people handing out flyers before, you know, at, 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 at you know, uh, street fairs and stuff, gathering, you know, hey, anybody interested in this, that, and the other types mm-hmm. of jobs, which is, you know, it, it, it's good. Uh, you know, we just everywhere need, you go, you see a hub on its time. Yep, yep, that's that. That's right. You know, the economy is opening back up still, which is a good thing. So, with uh, uh, so so now that brings into sort of the next stages here with all this going on with the jobs, very very strong jobs number the other day. What is the Fed going to do about its tapering program? You know, it's buying about 120 billion dollars worth of bonds each month and are they going to start tapering that back down so we'll find out what uh the fed you know what's in the fed's playbook here later this month in their jackson hole symposium meeting uh that's coming up and then again in september let me ask you how do we how do they get a jackson hole symposium I mean, we need one of those. I mean, those you can go if you want, Chris. <laughs> just just tell them who you are and show up, man. You could go. Now, you might not get into the actual event, but you yeah. can go to Jackson Hole if you want. Of course. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Right? There you go. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. A beautiful place. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely it is. So, you know, so that's 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 a big thing that's, that's going to be coming up because as the Fed starts to lower its bond-buying purchasing program, that's going to be pushing less liquidity into the system. Uh, and it could push rates up a little bit because there's not as much demand for these government bonds. So stay tuned on all of that. It's going to be important to really uh, see how this stuff plays out. You know, again, the narrative right now is inflation is going to continue to rise this year and then start to track back down next year. And if that's the case, we could have a nice soft landing and, and things could be very, very good. So that's that's going to be important to pay attention to what the Fed has to say. Also, this past Thursday, President Biden uh, signed an executive order aiming to make half of all new vehicles sold in nine years, 2030, electric. You know, which is kind of an interesting thing we need to be talking about. We've we've got a couple of major car manufacturers that have said by 2035 and others by 2030 that they're going to be predominantly electric. What does that mean for investment? What does that mean for all different types of investments around, or, you know, or, or to, in order to get that done? Well, it means you know, retooling for a bunch of these car companies, that's for sure. Well, retooling. But think about the investment opportunity when you have interruptive-type technologies, you know, um, what is going to be the scenario? We've seen Tesla right now, you know, making interruptions uh, in, into the system, right? You've seen what that's done. But, but here comes the question is, you know, when you take a typical person who pulls into the gas station slash convenience store and they spend 15 minutes there, they're pumping their gas, they go in, get a cup of coffee or whatever it is that they may do. Pumping their electricity. What, <laughs> what about, yeah, well, what about recharging? Yeah. You know, is that recharging stop going to take hours or is it going to take 15, 20 minutes? It's going to be interesting because in order to get this, in my opinion, I think, to, do to, to mass demand, it's got to be 10, 15 minutes yeah. uh, for a charge. So think about the technology that needs to be created in order to do that. And I think it's going to be, uh, you know, some some good investment opportunities over the coming years. Plus, with all all artificial intelligence, talking to your car about the batteries, maybe it's a battery tray you pull out and put back in. 
you know, I mean, just all different types of scenarios there that, that that's going to uh, play out. So uh, investment opportunity is on the horizon with all of this. So, And, you know, the, the reason people buy stock to begin with, we're right in the middle of earnings season, July, August, and September, uh, reporting second quarter earnings, and they're just doing great. You know, second quarter earnings year over year, uh, they're expected to be up 93.1%. Oh you know, excluding energy, it's 77.7%. So we've had 443 companies so far in July and to date in August, <clears throat> excuse me, of the S&P 500 companies report. And uh, the earnings are, you know, 87.4% of them have beat analyst expectations which is great you know so so usually about this stage of the of the game in in quarterly reporting is about 65 percent beaten it so so we're way up as far as all that goes so interesting uh to see earnings continue to go you know i think that this quarter the second quarter earnings i know we're in the third quarter now but we're reporting the second quarter and again, it's the second quarter of 2021 as compared to the second quarter of 2020. I think this is going to be <clears throat> the largest quarterly earnings report we've seen in a long time. It's going to start to tick back down again as the economy embraces more and more reopening from, from last year. So um, enjoy this. It's going to revert back down to the mean at some point, probably next year. And hopefully we'll still continue to see uh, an, an organically expanding economy continuing to grow. On the news front this week with Bureau of Labor Statistics that are coming out, you know, we've got some big numbers that are coming out this week. We've got productivity cost coming out on Monday uh, or on the 10th, rather. We have uh, CPI, Consumer Price Index, on the 11th, and PPI, Producer Price Index, on the 12th. These are going to be some good numbers that's mm. going to gauge some inflation pressures in the system where it all is. So so these are going to be some market-moving numbers that are going to be coming up next week. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be important. So don't uh, don't shoot the messenger here, and I'm not trying to be political, but I, I had a question for you with regards to employment uh, and uh, the underemployment of individuals. So there was a lot of stimulus pumped into the economy with regards to, you know, workers' compensation and, and what do they call that, uh, unemployment costs. Those costs, uh, you know, and in some cases are incentivizing people not to go back to work. Are they going to end and, uh, you know, what's going to happen? I think they're going to have to, aren't they? Yeah, they're, at some point they're going to end. The question yeah. is, do they get extended or not? You know, they're supposed to end here coming up soon, I think, in September. And, you know, if, are they going to get extended? Yes or no? We don't We don't know. We'll wait and we'll see, see yeah, what happens. Yeah. Uh, but we do need, you know, and, and, and there's people that are still hurting, definitely. So yeah, it's, of course. it's a balance mixture. With, yeah, it's with, tough to decide. Yeah. It is. It is. So, you know, so that's pretty much it as far as the markets go. Good week in the markets. Uh, the ten-year Treasury pushed up a little bit, but the markets uh, uh, did well as as far as all that goes. So you know, stay tuned. Make sure you're well diversified in all of this stuff, as we're going to get more and more. Uh, it's it's coming down to the finish line, Chris. <laughs> okay. Regarding what's going to happen with inflation and different things like that, so we'll we'll take a good look at it. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. So much for the economic news. Let's get to your questions. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three eight five five Rose one two three or eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. We'll be back in a moment.
listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. On Saturday, August 28th, Larry Rosenthal will be part of the Over the Edge event at the Hyatt Regency in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, to help raise money for orphaned and abandoned children in Haiti. All donations will go directly to the charity Helping Haitian Angels. There are a couple of different ways that you can get involved. You can join Larry as he repels 14 stories down the side of the Hyatt Regency in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Not your style? Then you can support Larry's effort financially with a donation to Helping Haitian Angels. Learn more at helpinghaitianangels.org. That's helpinghaitianangels.org. This has been his personal global host, Larry Rosenthal, and represents his philanthropic interests. Eight five five seven six seven three one two three is the telephone number to call. That's eight five five Rose one two three to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in the studio. Again, eight five five Rose one two three to talk to Larry Rosenthal. We'd love to hear from you. Have some lines available now for your questions, Larry. Sure. So one of the blind spots that people have in in uh, financial planning, Chris, is figuring out what the right time is to take Social Security. When should you take Social Security? Should you take it as soon as possible? Should you wait to your normal retirement age, your full retirement age, or should you wait to age 70? And there's a lot of misinformation out there about when you should take Social Security or when you shouldn't. You know, and how to file and different things like that. And so the, 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 the basic rule of thumb is this. Obviously, if you wait till age 70 to start taking your Social Security, you will get paid more from Social Security. Ah, but is that the best decision for you and your family? You know, if you're 62 years old, let's say you're 63 or 62, whatever it is, and you decide to retire, and now you're not working anymore. Should you wait to your normal retirement age? Maybe your normal retirement age is 67. Should you wait those, those five years, those four or five years, or should you wait to age 70? Well, when you run your financial plan and you say and you take a look at waiting to age 70, yes, you get more from Social Security, but what are you going to do between age 62 and 70 to supplement your retirement needs, right? Because now you're not working anymore. You're not having Social Security come in. Maybe you have a pension, maybe you don't. Where are you, where are you going to get your income from? And you know, maybe you're going to have to start pulling money out of your own savings and investments. So when you run the math against taking Social Security at age 62 versus waiting to your normal retirement age or waiting to age 70, oftentimes you'll be surprised that it's better for you to take it earlier because you're not spending down your own money. You're using Social Security. Think about this, Chris. If Social Security was going to give you, let's say, $25,000 a year at age 62, just to do math easy, and you decide, wait a minute, I'm going to wait till age 70, and now I'm going to get maybe $33,000 a year, or whatever the math may work out to be, right? That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Sounds mm-hmm. like a lot much better deal. But between age 62 and 70, you have to spend an extra $25,000 a year of your own money because Social Security is not coming in. So when you run that out in your financial plan, most of the time, 
you'll be you'll you'll find that it's more advantageous for you to take Social Security earlier versus waiting to your full retirement age or even age 70. I've seen this uh, happen so many times in financial plans with clients and they're surprised and we run at all different ages, all different you know rates and, and, and things like that. And so it really depends on what your your level of Social Security is. It depends on what your spending is each month and how much income you have coming in other than Social Security benefits. When are you first eligible for Social Security? When does when is that? Age 62. Age 62 is when you're first eligible, and, and you receive a discount on it. You know, you, you, you get about 70% of your full normal retirement. If your normal retirement's let's say, 67, and you take it at 62, you're, you're, you're leaving some money on the table. But at the same time, when you run the financial plan, remember, you're in competition with your own financial plan. You're not in competition with the stock market. You're not in competition with with trying to get more money from Social Security. You're in competition with your lifestyle and with your own retirement plan, uh, you know, financial plan. That's what you're in competition with. And and it's it's surprising to a lot of people when they see these numbers, how they play out. When you decide to take Social Security, that's one of the that's a very large, it's one of your largest financial decisions in your life. It really, really is. And people people all the time, I see them uh, struggling through this, you know, we use certain software that, that enables them to really maximize their Social Security benefits for their family, their needs, not necessarily your neighbor down the street, hmm. but for your family and your needs. It's really important to take a good, solid look at, at filing it, at, at taking a look at when you're going to take it in your, in your program. You know, um, and now if you're if you if you take it early, let's suppose you take it at age 62, then you can you can afford to still work if you wanted to work part time. You just can't make more than than a certain amount. Like it's close to eighteen thousand dollars this year. So you could actually work part time, make under eighteen thousand dollars and still get your Social Security benefit and not have to pay any of it back. But if you go over that threshold, um, then you have to start paying some of it back. So when you take a look at it, it's it's important to really design that into your financial plan. Get your Social Security benefits so that you can put the different ages into your financial plan and see what year is best for you. You're not, you're not, uh, it's not created equally as far as how much money you get either, is it? It's based on uh, some various different variables as to how much money you're going to get initially or later uh, on how much you worked and how much you made and things of that nature, right? The last 35 years average is what it is. Yep. Okay. It's not the last three. It's the last 35. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so you know, you got some young years in there, Chris, that's pulling against you, right? Yeah, yeah. Back uh, when I was uh, flipping burgers at McDonald's at 16, that's not going to be a... Right. That's not helping too much. But no, it, it is helping. That, that It is helping. That's for sure. It's better than a zero, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so it is it is a thing you know that that you take a look at it, and it is important that when you're working with your financial plan, that you plug in the different ages of your social security benefit, and you can go to you know uh, socialsecurity.gov, ssa.gov, and register and pull down your statement, and you can plug in the years that you want to see the different uh, benefits at different ages. And plug that right into your cash flow analysis for your retirement plan. How much money you make in your later years could affect this overall scenario too, right? Whether you it make could. a ton of money or very little money, it could it could throw those balances in different directions. It could, it could, but it takes a lot to move the needle. One, uh, Thirty-five you know, in your, years in your yeah. ladder, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, but it is important to really boil this down and take a good look at it. You know, and 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 you know the other the other issue too is this: is so many people say, you know, hey. To, you know, what's the story on Social Security? Is it going to be there? What's the scenario? Mm-hmm. 
And in you know when we run financial plans with clients, we have the ability to click Social Security off and say, here's your plan without Social Security. Here's your plan with Social Security, right? You know, I, I, I don't think it's going to go away. And, yes, it is underfunded. That's for sure. Right? It's a hot potato for a politician. They just throw it to the next guy. <laughs> well, they don't want to deal with it. You yep. know? It is. And I've taught seminars on this subject before. And, you know, you take a look at the status of Social Security right now. It's there. Right. And and if there's no changes, then they're they're taking a look at the benchmark of of twenty thirty two. Okay. In twenty thirty two, if there's no changes, then the math is in order to keep it solvent to twenty eighty two, everybody who's on Social Security has to take a thirty percent cut and then it stays solvent to twenty eighty two. On the other hand, um, you know, if you don't take that cut, what's going to happen, right? Where are they going to get the funds in order to to produce this? So, you know, it's going to come down to Congress and a sitting president uh, at that particular time to to make some tough decisions uh, with it all. So, so you know, it's it's not a pro- it's not a hard problem to fix. <clears throat> there are so many levers that can be pulled to to get. Social Security, you know, funded past 2032 without having to take a reduction and in, in, in things like that. And I believe that's going to be the case. I don't think that Congress is going to sit there and go, well, you know what? Hey, uh, we kind of forgot about this one. Right. And no, by the way, we don't really participate in that. So, you know, it, it's not going to happen. OK, it, 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 they'll they'll come up with something to fix it. But, you know, you can you can wage the so you can raise the Social Security wage base. You can uh, uh, increase the FICA tax. There's all kinds of things that you can do, little tiny changes that's not really going to affect the workers' real net take-home pay too much, but aggregately can fund the program. So it's a math problem. It can be fixed over a weekend, uh, but it's just political desire to do so, like you pointed out. It's going to be affecting mostly the the millennials and and the X-generation people more than it would the, the baby boomers in 2032. I would well, think. it depends which way it goes. It depends which way it goes. It could end up being a, a higher, some sort of a higher tax on workers and, and, reduce, and a reduction of benefits. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, if there's no reduction of benefits, then it's a higher tax, right? Well, mm-hmm. if people that are paying the higher tax go, hey, it's too high, then maybe they pay a lower tax and there's a slight reduction in benefits, yeah. right? And it's a smaller generation, too. They're, they're, you know. It is. So, you know, we don't know how it's going to play out, but there's a lot of different moving parts in that formula that can be worked out mm. to uh, uh, really get things, you know, under control as far as all that goes. But it is a big component of your retirement plan. When, when you run a financial plan and you toggle off the button of Social Security, watch what happens versus putting it on. You know, it's, it, it shows a dramatic difference in the graphs, and uh, it produces a lot of good, good steady income for people in their retirement years. So it's important to really boil it down and take a good look at when you want to use Social Security in your financial plan. Hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 if you have questions on Social Security, how to program it into your uh, financial plan, things like that. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment.
listening to Making Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time on the flip side when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income do the same thing in reverse dollar cost average out during your retirement years We're now counting the days before the Over the Edge event to support orphaned and abandoned children in Haiti. You can join Larry Rosenthal as he repels 14 stories down the side of the Hyatt Regency Tyson's Corner Center in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, on Saturday, August 28th. Or you can support Larry and his courage by financially supporting his adventure. All donations raised go directly to the charity Helping Haitian Angels. To donate and to learn more, go to helpinghaitianangels.org or call 703-298-5672. That's helpinghaitianangels.org or call 703-298-5672. Help reach Haiti's most vulnerable children with your gift. Go to helpinghaitianangels.org or call 703-298-5672. This event is personal to the host, Larry Rosenthal, and represents his philanthropic interests. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 is the telephone number to call. To talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. Again, 855-767-3123. Larry? So, Chris, do you like information? Well, I was a little concerned because I was looking on YouTube and I, I didn't see you and I was going to, where did he go? Oh, there, there he are. is. <laughs> What do I do now? I can talk. Uh, you know, let's give the weather. <laughs> what am I going to do? What am I click, do? I got to click the video button. It's all good. You were saying, anyway. Do you like information? Yeah. Yeah, I like information, especially if it makes me money or, you know, benefits. Yeah, me. information like is good. So, you know, yeah. a lot of people look at their, their mutual funds, and we're talking about mutual funds right now. Uh, you know, the, you take a look at your mutual funds and you grade them by the number of stars they have or the manager's length of time or performance and different things like that, right? So there's a lot of different ways that you can measure the performance of a mutual fund. When you're looking to compare, you know, which mutual fund company, you got three mutual fund companies out there and they all invest in the same stuff in this one particular fund, right? So which, which fund is the best one? And there's so many different ways to measure things. You can look at something called the trainer ratio, sharp ratios, tracking errors, standard deviations, alpha, betas, all kinds of things. There's well, that'll a, part your hair if you listen to it. It sure will. There's one <laughs> called the information ratio. 
oh. information ratio, which is, you know, it's an often overlooked one, but very strong component in an analysis of comparing one mutual fund versus another mutual fund. And basically, the information ratio works like this. It's the information um, that measures a manager's, uh, uh, a separate account manager's ability to consistently add value to a passive index or strategy. So in other words, is the money manager beating the index? How, what kind of value and a risk-adjusted return is the money manager delivering? Right, the information ratio is the consistency with which, um, so sort of think of it like this, which the manager delivers his or her strength or alpha, you know, the outperformance number, and it's a pretty interesting uh, thing when you take a look at it and you compare your mutual fund <clears throat> versus other like kind mutual funds in the same investment objective strategies, uh, and you look at the information ratio. And it boils down a lot to a good summary line of how that mutual fund is looked at. You know, there's there's so many different components when it comes to grading and, and sort of the decision process in looking at which mutual fund should you purchase. You know, if you wanted to have a, a mutual fund, Chris, that is in the, you know, mid-cap size growth quadrant of the economy, right? So mid-size stocks, growth versus value type of a thing. You know, there's, 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 you know, a few, several hundred of them out there, to say the least, if not a thousand or so, right? So how do you break these things all down? And you look at all these different types of, of uh, uh, metrics to, to compare against, and information ratio is one of them. To me, it's like a saturation thing, right? I mean, at some point, I mean, doesn't it just kind of overload you? Or you like, I mean, how in the world are you going to decide from thousands of funds I mean, you can sort of kind of look at their performance over time, I guess. But When you look at detailing a mutual fund versus other mutual funds, there's probably, you know, and I don't have the sheet in front of me, but I would probably say there's, there's probably 45 or if not more data points that you can look Whew. at. And when you look at all these different points, maybe there's 30 or 40, who knows. When you look at all these different data points, it tells you what's going on in that fund's performance relative to the markets, the economy, and its peer group. And then you can just lay them out side by side, and it starts telling a story. You know, well, this fund seems to do better, and these are the reasons why. Call the fund company and ask them, too. You can do that. You can call. They've got, whole, they've got numbers that you can contact, you know. Uh, we, we often are on the phone with, with analysts and, and uh, fund managers themselves, you know, interviewing them about their fund, you know. Hmm. Why, should, why should I choose you over somebody else? Right, because there's so many to choose from. Correct, correct. So information ratio, just a little tidbit there for, for everyone to take a uh, quick look at. So, hey, you know, when you take a look at the financial planning, there's three phases of financial planning. There's accumulation phase, there's distribution, and then there's legacy phase. So in the accumulation phase, you know, you sort of think to yourself about young investors, right? What are, what are some of the questions that young investors are asking? People maybe in their, you know, below 50, you know, 30 and 40 years old and things like that. You know, what, what questions are they asking? What's the best way to save money, right? What are some of the best places to save money? How do you start saving What's what, how do you get a firm foundation with it all? You know, and and when you're starting out in your 30s and 40s and, and even 20s, and you're wanting to save money, the first thing that you want to do is just figure out what your income is versus your expenses, and start building money up in the bank. 
you want to be able to have enough money in the bank to weather a storm. You know, if there's, you know, if you get two flat tires on your car or something like that, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to make sure that you've got an adequate amount of money, three to six months usually worth of living expenses saved up in the bank. Then you don't need to add anything more to the bank. You just start saving into your investments, right? Plus, there's a, there's a kind of a component here of insurance, right? I mean, if something happens to you during that time frame, you don't want to necessarily go into your cash reserves if you've got some sort of insurance to help you with, right? Absolutely. Insurance is sort of a cornerstone of your financial plan, making sure you have the right health insurance, life insurance, disability insurance, property and casualty insurance, with, without a doubt. You know, when you're starting out, it's very important to make sure that, that that's, that's in place. You know, and then how do you, you know, so you start, you start to think about, you know, your, your younger type investors, you know, in the family formation years, right? Late 20s, mid 30s, you're, 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 you're making your mortgage payments, you're having kids, you're trying to figure out how to save for college and save for retirement at the same time. But at the same time, you also want to enjoy life too, you know, vacations and, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe a new deck on the back of your house, all different scenarios, right? So how do you do this? How do you build this this out what are some of the the questions that you need to be asking how do you go about doing this you know and in our financial planning toolkit i mean we've we've sent out thousands of these over the years this is a very good starting point uh for for all investors of all ages but you know young investors is really going to get you right on the track if you want to get a copy of that go to our website larryrosenthal.com shoot us off an email we'd be more than happy to send you out our financial planning toolkit or just give us a call at 855-ROSE-123 855-767-3123 to get a good you know to to get the financial planning toolkit and understanding the three phases of financial planning. And then, you know, young investors, too. Do you want to buy individual stock? How do you want to buy it? Do you want to buy mutual funds, ETFs? What's inside your 401K? This is where we see a lot of younger investors make some mistakes, Chris, is they're saving money in their app or with an advisor or online themselves or however they're doing it, but they're also contributing into their 401K plan. And a lot of times they're contributing in the same asset class. You know, the, 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 with all the beautiful things that a 401K plan or the government TSP or whatever it is that you're in, a 403B plan, with all the wonderful opportunities that they bring, there's also limitations. And usually the limitations is investment menu. The, you know, the, the investment scope is not as broad as the, as, as the entire marketplace. So when you're investing outside of Why your- is that, Larry? Why, why do they not let you choose and, and, and pick? And is it because they're kind of uh, getting some advice from somebody or maybe they've got their fingers in the pie there maybe a little bit? I mean, I don't know. So, no, there's no fingers in the pie thing. No, you know, the, the, the deal there is, you know, if, if, if you have your, your regular safe type, you know, boilerplate, baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet type investments, you, you really can't hurt yourself too bad. But oh, if you I start see. getting exotic things in there and, and different things like that, you could possibly hurt yourself. And a lot of employers want to sort of put up, put up some guardrails on that. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of plans that have what, what they call brokerage account, brokerage links, where you can be in your plan but opt to go to a brokerage platform, and then you can buy anything you want. You know, but there's all kinds of disclosures associated with that. My point is this, is that when you're looking to make investments in your retirement plan and money outside of your retirement plan, you need to make sure that they're working congruently together. 
mm. right? You need to make sure that they're, they're, the, the diversification aspect of it is proper for what your objectives are, your time frame, your tax scenario, your needs, your liquidity, income, all, and growth, and all that kind of stuff. So don't get caught up in investing in some of the same places that's inside your 401K when you're investing outside because you have an opportunity to really enhance what's going on in your 401k by being a little bit more diversified and, and either more conservative or more growth-oriented, whatever it is that you want to do. So, so take a good, solid look at it and understand your menu of choices inside your retirement plan. And then take a look at, you know, the, the, the different types of investment vehicles that are outside, you know, mutual funds. Obviously, they're in your 401k. What about ETFs? stocks, bonds, all different types of programs, UITs, uh, you know, just a lot of different types of programs and strategies that you can use uh, outside of your retirement plan. So understand what the marketplace brings to, to the table so that you can get a good, you know, grip on it all, you know, and a lot of times a financial advisor, you can, you know, if, if, if you're working with a financial advisor, he or she should be able to step you through all of this. If you're not, Sometimes it's best just to go in, spend an hour or two with a financial advisor, pay him or her for his time, for their time, and get educated on what's going on. What are your choices, right? You know, what, what, what is happening? Because it is a big, big world on Wall Street out there, and you just don't know what you just don't know. Hey, let's welcome Ron on the line from West Virginia. Good morning, Ron. How are you today? Oh, just fine. You? Um, well, how can I help you, sir? Uh, yeah, I'm a pastor, and uh, I am eligible uh, for Social Security now. I've been getting Medicare, uh, but I was just wondering whether I should uh, go ahead and get my Social Security. I want to continue to pastor, you know, and I've heard that, you know, you can make as much as you want, but trying to weigh out whether I should do that as far as taxes are concerned. So, so Ron, are you at your full retirement age right now? For, uh, social, yes, uh-huh. for social security yeah. so the yeah, rule is okay yes yeah, so the rule is that you you can claim your full benefit of social security and you can still work and make an unlimited amount of money so the so the next question is so so you don't have to pay any of the social security back which is a good thing so the next question then becomes this um do you need the social security income to live off of right and if the answer is Yes, then obviously you need to take it. If the answer is no, then the math becomes this. What happens if I take my Social Security check, right, and and after tax, and I decide to invest that money, money that I'm not spending now, but I want to go ahead and invest it, right? And then down, because at age 70, you know you got to start taking it, right? So, so that's the math on the break-even as whether you should take it or not. And, and the math is probably going to tell you to take it once we do the spreadsheet on it, okay? But to give you a, you know, a concrete answer, I'd want to see all of your numbers as far as that goes. And, and uh, so, so oftentimes, like I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, it, it, you know, you, you got to run it out in your own financial plan. And, um, uh, but, you know, that's, that's just kind of what we really see here as far as all that goes. So uh, does okay, that now, as far, Yeah, it does. Uh, now, as far as getting Social Security, does that – uh, become taxable income to me then in addition to my uh, money I get from the church? So, yes, and it's, but there's a formula. So 15% of your Social Security will be tax-free, okay? But depending on if you file married jointly, if your adjusted gross income is 
floats right around forty six, forty seven thousand dollars a year, then eighty five percent of your social security will be taxed at your ordinary income rates. It won't be taxed at eighty five percent, but eighty five percent will be taxed at like the the twenty percent tax bracket or wherever you end up being in your net tax bracket. Okay? Uh, but fifteen percent will come in tax free. Okay, yeah, so that's uh, why I was. Go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering because uh, you know a lot of my Social Security still builds up Social Security. It does. If you don't take it, it still keeps building it up, and that's where we have to look at that math formula of should you take it now or just continue to wait if you don't need it. And so that's why I said I need to see your exact numbers, and then I can tell you in a matter of a few minutes what would be best for you and your family. It's a different story if you weren't working and you were saying, you know what, I'm going to start living off of my own savings and investments, and I'm going to defer Social Security. Because then you're you're dwindling down your nest egg, right, By and not taking in Social Security. But in this case... It's kind of a different math formula from what I was talking about earlier in the show, Ron, which is you're still working. You don't necessarily need Social Security. Is it best for you to defer and let it build, especially from a, a, a spousal continuation standpoint, too? You know, if something were to happen, your spouse may end up getting a higher benefit down the road. So there's two or three other parts of that formula that we have to really take a look at before I give you a rock-solid answer on which way to go. Okay. Uh, so in order to do that, could I contact your office or something? Or Yeah, so here's, here's what we can do for you, Ron. We'll, I'll go ahead and put you on hold, and uh, Chris or Josh will get your information, and we'll have someone give you a ring next week, and then we'll get uh, uh, show you how to get your Social Security numbers. Well, you already know what they are, and then we'll do the formula for you. Take a look at how to maximize your Social Security benefit. We'll have one of our advisors give you a follow-up call, okay? Okay. Um, I had a second question as well. All right. Uh, uh, I am a pastor, and we just did buy our own home uh, and, and moved out of the parsonage. Uh, we had been getting, you know, uh, the parsonage and then including that in my taxes, uh, you know, as uh, rental, fair rental property and, you know, that sort of thing that inc- increased my Social Security. Well, now that we own our own home, uh, I, I have not asked the church for a particular uh, housing allowance because they still own the, the parsonage, and I didn't want to put that burden on them. But uh, and someone told me that possibly I could have a meeting with the church and have part of my income designated as a parsonage allowance. And if that's possible, I wasn't sure how much is allowed as a parsonage allowance and that sort of thing. So it is possible, and I don't know how much is, but it, it, it does go to a home allowance. Um, you can ask your CPA that question. If not, I've got people that can answer that specific number for you, but you can do that because you are allowed a housing allowance, and that is uh, uh, that helps you on your taxes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, yep, the yep. person was telling me, you know, that would help build up my Social Security side, even though it would lower my uh, income tax. It would lower your income tax, but it also enables you to keep working and not taking your Social Security. That's the way it's going to build up your Social Security tax. And if you don't take your Social that's the way it's going to build up your Social Security credits by not taking it. Okay. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So, you know, that, 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 that's another point. So we're, we're going we're gonna, to uh, build you out a financial plan on this because we're, we're going to 
include that in there, uh, taking a look at the housing allowance scenario, which is a great tax deduction for yourself. Uh, so it sounds like you're in a pretty good position. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. Yeah, just some changes with, you know, with Social Security and everything and then uh, getting our own home, which we've never had, you know, so uh, a lot of Well, changes. congratulations sure on that. Yeah, yeah well, congratulations on that. Very, very good. Yep. Yeah, so, thank you. So, yep. So we'll just make a note that we need to talk to you about the housing allowance uh, for, for pastors and, and uh, you know, direct you to the right tax person for all of that. So, Ron, I yeah. appreciate the okay. phone call. God bless. Have a good weekend. I'll put you on God hold. Chris will get you. some of your, thank you. Chris will get some of your contact information, and we'll give you a follow-up call next week. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're talking about different phases of, of uh, financial planning today, uh, young investors, middle-aged investors, and retired investors. What are some of the questions that you need to be asking? You know, uh, again, we're just still in the first part of this part. You know, younger investors, you know, you're 20 to 40-year-olds, family foundations, having kids, saving for college, paying that mortgage, putting a deck on the home, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, what is, where should you be investing? What about retirement? What about taxes? You know, when you take a look at your investments, and this is this is one of the things that a lot of people are going to find out next year um, with, with the online trading that they're doing in their non-IRA accounts, Chris, when taxes come in. You know, I, 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 I know there's a lot of uh, younger investors out there trading uh, often on these apps, and go for it, man. That's, I don't have any issues with that. That's fine. But just be aware. Taxes in, are coming. In, yep, in non-IRA accounts, every time you click that button to buy and sell, there could be a tax liability on that. And so be, uh, you know, be wise with all of this. Understand the difference. Um, you know, I was explaining to someone in their 20s this week that what capital gains are. And they were <laughs> like, well, wait a minute. You know, why do I have to hold it for a year to get a lower tax? And I'm like, because that's the rule. Okay. <laughs> you know, well, I don't like that rule. Well, tough, you know. Run for <laughs> office and change it. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? So, you know, what do you mean about that? Yep, that's exactly right. So understand your tax liability in that. When you can can control, when you can minimize exposure to taxes while you're creating, while you're growing your assets, while you're growing wealth, it's just all the more money you're going to have somewhere down the road. Uh, as far as all that goes. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123. 855-767-3123. Check us out at LarryRosenthal.tv. You can watch us stream the show live. Give us a call with any of your financial planning or investment questions. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. Money sense. 
You are listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123, to talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. Larry. Sure, Chris. Let's welcome Monica on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Monica. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. How can I help you? Okay. This is my first time calling you. I just felt the call because I just wanted some advice on what to do with um, finances that I have. I just okay. recently retired and um, purchased a new home. But, however, I do have four or three money that's just sitting there. I haven't applied for my Social Security yet because I'm only 63. So I just don't know what to do. I don't. I just don't want the money to just sit there. I want to try to invest somebody, but I don't know how to invest it, and I don't want to waste it. I have a lot of grandkids, and I want to use it for their education, but I don't want to deplete it. So I don't know what to do. Well, Monica, you hit me with a lot there. So let's just take them one at a time, right? You said you, <laughs> okay. and that's okay. You said you just retired, right? So now yeah. we need now we need to take a look at what your income is versus your expenses. Okay. Right? That's the first the first thing that we need to do. Second thing we need to do is then ask the question, should you take Social Security now to help supplement? Because if you need supplemental income, it's going to come from your savings and investments, right, since you're retired. Well, now if we well, introduce – I'm working also. I have a part-time job. Okay. That's good. So then the question becomes, is the part-time job you know, sustainable? Is it something you want to keep doing? Do, and and if, that, if that's the case, then that's fine. That's a personal choice, you know. Retirement planning, the retirement decision is a personal decision choice. You know, that, that that's all it is. And you've decided to retire. You're taking a part-time job, maybe take the stress off, whatever it is. If the cash flow that's coming in from the part-time job is adequate, you may or may not want to take Social Security at this point. Okay? Now, the next right. thing is, what are you going to do with your old 403B plan? You said it's just sitting there. We need to turn that into investment strategies for your goals, and you stated very clearly your goals are you don't want it just to sit there. You need it, you need it to grow, and you want to use it or something else to help your grandkids go through college, right? So then we need to start taking a look at the investment choices inside that plan and quite possibly maybe roll that plan over to an IRA if that's in your best interest in order to make the investment objectives aimed at retirement planning for your grandkids because they have a different length of time that you do for the needs of that money. So there's right. there's three or four things packed into that question that you just asked or that statement, whatever, that, that we just sort of unpacked. And really, that just boils down to, to building out a cash flow retirement plan. So that's what we'll do for you. I'm going to send you out our financial planning toolkit, okay? And, and okay. in that, uh, we'll have someone give you a follow-up phone call, and we'll show you how to how to start attacking all of these different things that, that you're talking about. We'll give you a Social Security analysis. We'll give you analysis on your income versus expenses, whether you should take Social Security now or later, whether you sh and what you should do with the 403B plan and how to allocate that towards these new investment objectives that you have. So that's pretty much what we need to do. Does that help answer your question? Yeah, pretty much. All right, sounds good. Well, let me put you on hold, Monica. Chris will get your contact information, and we'll have someone give you a follow-up call next week, okay? Okay, thank you so much. Yep, absolutely. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Hey, in a couple of weeks here, we're going to be announcing our upcoming webinars in September, October, November, and December. We're going to be rolling out estate planning 
Uh, basics of estate planning in September, okay? Stay tuned for the announcements on that. We'll be putting it up on the website here shortly, so you can go register at LarryRosenthal.com. We were going to have people from all over the country on the webinar. It's a lot of fun. It's interactive. You'll have the opportunity to ask questions or type questions. It's a lot of fun there. Um, you know, it, it's going to last about an hour, 50 minutes to an hour, uh, and it's going to be on the basics of estate planning. We're going to talk about wills, trust, probate, the 11 different ways to title accounts, stepped-up basis, all different scenarios there. So stay tuned for that announcement coming up here. Well, I guess I'm announcing it now. Now, but you know we'll have the registration up here pretty soon, Chris, uh, on 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 the website. You know as far as all that goes, and, and you know, and that, go ahead. I, just, I have a question for you that has been burning in my mind since we had that last Social Security question. Uh, when you reach your full retirement age, at sixty-seven, you said, right? Is that your full retirement age? And then are you and you're still working because now you can take all of your Social Security, right? Do they do they still do they still take Social Security out of your working income? Yes. Oh, you still got to take FICA out. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. All working income, all earned income pays FICA tax. No matter what. Got it. No matter what. Yep. Exactly. Interesting. And and being the nice guy that you are. I'm just going to do it anyway. You can double up yours and just mention my name. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll put it under your social security. <laughs> How's that sound, man? Yeah. So, well, that's, a, uh, that's a thought. <laughs> There you go. Idea. Get some toy with that a little bit. <laughs> we'll figure it all out, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, hey, you know, um, it, the the summertime shows lots of fun. I know people are out busy driving around doing different things. We appreciate the phone calls, and and I know lots of people go to the website. You can go to the website LarryRosenthal.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. We send out a weekly market update. We send out monthly newsletters and timely newsletters. If something were to happen. Uh, in the markets or something like that, we, we may end up sending out one newsletter a week or sometimes two or three, just depending on market action and stuff like that. We want to keep you informed on what's happening in the investment world, in the stock market, in the economy, all aimed at your financial plan. And remember this, too. A lot of times when we're talking to people, a lot of the questions are, well, how am I doing against the markets? The markets are one thing to compare against, but the most important thing to compare against is your personal financial plan. If you're accomplishing your investment objectives, let's suppose somebody retires and they say, hey, you know what, we want to we, we retire and, and we pull the retirement trigger and now we want to go get a mountain house or we want to go get a beach house or whatever it may be. What does that have to do with the markets? Well, it has something to do with the markets, but it has mostly to do with what your financial plan looks like. If you're going to extract out money to go pay for this, this, this new home or something like that, how does that affect your financial plan? And if it gets to the point where it affects it so much that your, your plan becomes dependent on the stock market to perform over and above what it usually does – Maybe you should reassess the goals, and that's why it's important to put all of your goals into your financial plan and run the analysis out that way. So, hey, coming down to the end of another another show, Chris, lots of fun always. I know Bob's on vacation this week, so uh, appreciate all the workload you're doing in the back there and Josh. So for Josh and for Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session 
The Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Until then, go visit our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Check out our library of articles for information that you might be seeking on whatever subject matter you have in the financial world. So until then, have a great week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense.